This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Understanding the Bible by Pastor Stephen. Episode 2, Why We Should Trust the Bible. Uh, quick correction on the last time that I spoke, I said that we would be doing these episodes or podcasts twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I've since updated that just due to time constraints and needing more time to do research, and we'll only be doing the podcasts uh, once a week on Tuesdays. So keep that in mind if you want to listen to the newest podcast. Uh, Check it Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday morning, and it will be available. So starting uh, today on why we should trust the Bible, uh, first of all, if you already have faith uh, that the Bible is the Word of God and that Jesus Christ is the Lord, then your faith is all that you need. There's no need for another reason to read the Bible if you already believe it's from God, okay? But I'm trying to give some logical reasons why people should read the Bible, especially if they don't have any faith to begin with and they're just curious. So understand that if you already have a belief in God, then you need to have some foundation for that belief. And our understanding of God comes from the Bible. So the Bible is the most logical foundation for that belief in God, uh, because it's inerrant, which means that it is God breathed and that there are no errors in it other than, you know, translation errors. If somebody's typing and they use the word the twice, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the words that are used have been preserved by God as far as accuracy. And we'll get into that uh, here later on. I'm going to talk about proof that it is accurate, um, that we do actually have the actual words that were originally used in those books, which is a bold claim to make for something that was written two, 3,000 years ago. Anyway, keep that in mind as we go into this. Uh, Let's talk about the historical truth, uh, the fact that this has been proven to be the actual Word of God. And the first point is going to be every time that a scientist or a historian has denied a scriptural event, or a story in the Bible, uh, or a place, a location, a group of people in the Bible, because they've never heard of such a a tribe, or or whatever the case may be. Every time, they have been proven by science to be wrong, because that place, that event, or that group of people was later discovered by archaeologists as being factual. So, for one instance, uh, the story of David and Goliath, in case you haven't heard it, it is... Uh, Goliath was the giant of the Philistines that was challenging the army of the Israelites and saying, you know, your God is stupid and, and the fact that none of you can defeat me is proof of that. And so he's, this giant comes out like twice a day to yell at the Israelite army and everyone's scared to death of him. Right. And David was a boy, young boy at the time is how the Bible describes him. So we're assuming maybe a teenager, 15, 16, 17 years old. We don't know. And uh, he went out there and he's like, how dare this Philistine rail against our God and our nation? And so he took his little sling from, you know, what he used as a shepherd to protect his sheep. And he went out there, put a stone in it, slung it around his head a few times and threw it at the, at the giant and it hit the giant in the head and killed him. 
And then the Israelite army ran and uh, overtook the Philistine army and they won the day and it was, it was a great thing. Well, in this story of David and Goliath, it talks about how tall Goliath was and it measures his height in cubits. Uh, and it says he's like six cubits tall. Well, a cubit in for hundreds of years, for, for over a thousand years, uh, was unheard of. Nobody knew what a cubit was, so they thought that it was proof that this is a made-up story. And then, lo and behold, um, in recent times, uh, I don't know for sure, I'm going to say it was the 1960s, but I, I honestly don't know. Uh, you'd have to Google it. They actually discovered at the entrance to Hezekiah's tunnel, which is another story in the Bible, which was proven to be true, they have discovered a stone carving stating how long Hezekiah's tunnel was in cubits and nobody had ever heard of cubits before. So they measured it and they found out that, okay, a cubit is then is a one and a half feet approximately. So if Goliath was six cubits tall, then he was like nine foot tall, which yeah, that would be a giant, right? Uh, at least for most human beings. If you Google a cubit right now, and, I, and I'm not saying Google is the best thing to use. I'm, I'm just throwing out a search term here. If you Google a cubit, you will see that nowadays in modern times, it is recognized as an ancient term that the Egyptians and other groups in the Middle East, oh, and incidentally, the Jews used cubit as a unit of measure. And it's seen as, you know, that's the standard thing that everyone recognizes in the scientific community. Now, you really have to do some searching to find out that nobody believed a cubit was a real thing prior to the discovery at Hezekiah's tunnel. So that's just one example of scientists saying, well, this is clearly a made up story. And then finding out later, oops, we were wrong. Sorry. And then they change it on the internet and in books and everything. And they talk about it as if they always knew all along it was real. The second thing that I wanted to discuss as far as the historical accuracy, and this is really by far the, the most scientific one is the Dead Sea Scrolls. Okay, so the Dead Sea Scrolls were initially discovered in about 1947. A few documents made it out. Then they did a archaeological, uh, made an archaeological dig out of it and discovered that, oh, there's lots more here. Basically, when they put together all the fragments and they actually deciphered it, they found out that there were over 950 books. Basically, there was a tribe of Jews that lived around the Red Sea that had a library, and they were the scholars, the people that compiled books from around the world. And when the Romans decided to annihilate the Jews and attack Jerusalem, these scholars hid the library because they knew the Romans would burn and kill and loot and take everything, and they would have no record of basically their society. And I think the city was Qumran, uh, Q-U-M-R-A-N, and they hid these in caves. There's about 11 caves, like a chain of caves around the Dead Sea. And these were discovered in 1947. They hid these in the first century when Jerusalem was destroyed. For years, for centuries, up until 1947, we had been using for the Bible copies of copies of copies of copies of copies the best one as far as scientific translation had come from 1611 under King James. 
And so the earliest texts that we have in modern times used for the Bible were really taken from 1611 versions of copies. So you could have a lot of scholars tell you, well, that has to be full of errors because it's copies of copies of copies. When we discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls from the first century, and these were a compilation of books and and biblical letters that had been passed around and kept and gathered from around the world. These were a collection of books that these scholars had taken from originals as far back as they could find, even as far back as the Ten Commandments. Now, they didn't have the original carved Ten Commandments from God, but they had what Moses had written down as the Ten Commandments, and they had these Old Testament books. It included the books of all of the Old Testament except for the book of Ruth. And every one of these books from the first century verified to the word the current Bible that was in use at the time. That is profound. That is huge. Now, again, you can Google this stuff. And this is kind of the third point here is that the New Testament has been preserved in more manuscripts than any ancient work of literature. Google tells you there are 5,800 complete or fragmented Greek manuscripts, over 10,000 Latin manuscripts, and 9,300 manuscripts in various other ancient languages, including Syriac, Slavic, Gothic, Ethiopic, Coptic, and Armenian. Now, I don't trust Google, but if you add those up, those manuscripts of the Bible, that comes to 1924, 25,100 different manuscripts that back up the current translation that we have of the Holy Bible. When I went to seminary, I was taught that the majority text was over 30,000 texts that back up the authenticity of the scriptures. The fact that there are so many manuscripts from the first century and even prior to that, but we know for a fact that we have original 2,000-year-old documents, over 30,000 of them proving the accuracy of these 66 books of the Bible is huge. And this is the, the last point, the main point on why you should trust it is because historians and scientists all over the world have long held that merely two documents prove the historical accuracy of a document. So it's similar to court. When you have one person say something that contradicts somebody else, it's a case of he said, she said. So there, nobody knows what's actually accurate, right? But in a court of law, if you have two witnesses saying the same thing, it is seen as evidence, whether it is f- there's physical evidence or not. So just two words, right? So his- history uses the same thing. Archaeologists use the same thing. If you have two documents that both use the same words and say the same things, then they see that as proof that that is the accurate original, all right? That that is the same as the original. Whereas a lot of documents, you might find one in Egypt that says one thing and then a slightly different translation may be in Greece. Okay, well, that would be, well, which one is accurate, right? But with the Bible, there's over 30,000 texts that say the same thing from over 2,000 years old. That is 
overwhelming evidence that the Bible we have today is the original words that the ancient prophets actually wrote and the disciples of Jesus Christ actually wrote. So we can trust the truth of these documents if you look at the original words that are used. So one thing I wanted to point out here is it's very interesting that in science, when you look at old English documents, one of the oldest, the oldest actually known old English document is the poem Beowulf. Don't know if any of you have ever heard of that, but it's just a fable, right? But it's studied the world over for the cultural, historical, and literary significance. A lot of the events in the poem are actual tribal wars, actual tribes. The historical accuracy is amazing uh, when it comes to just this poem about a fake warrior, right? The literary significance of that is, is huge. A lot of people study it just for the old English language. So there's a lot of good reasons to read a fake poem. Here's why it's so unique. It is known only from a single manuscript written approximately 650 AD. If one manuscript with nothing to back it up as far as it being an authentic poem, and it's a fake story, and yet one manuscript, because it's so old, is studied for its historical value, its culture, and the literary use of it. Why then would we not study the Bible for the same things, whether you're religious or not? Because it's over 2,000 years old, and it has over 30,000 manuscripts that back it up as far as its accuracy. So that is a huge thing that most people don't realize. And if you go back in American society, we used to use the Bible in our schools, and it was a good thing because the Bible had poetry in it, the book of Psalms. It had ancient history in it, a lot of the prophets and the, the nations and the tribes and the culture of, that is in the Bible of the Middle East and, and that area of the world, as well as the travels of some of the people in the Bible, the stories that talk about traveling to Africa and to Rome, to the different countries of Europe. And the places that they went and the things that they talk about, the historical and cultural aspect of that is huge. And of course, if you actually study the Greek and Hebrew and the Latin and the, and the, the old Bibles, then you've got the literary significance of that as well, as far as sentence structure, grammar, poetry, all of those things that are in the Bible that used to actually be studied in Christian or in American schools, whether you were a Christian or not threw that out. Like you've heard the term throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And that's what we did because we decided in America, you can't teach religion. And so we threw it out. We don't allow the Bible to be taught anymore, which is a huge waste. If you care at all about history or culture or, or literature. So in review, historical veracity has always been proven. Every time there's a story that people think is fake, they end up finding out it's real. The Dead Sea Scrolls, proves that we have an accurate Bible more than any other ancient text that is studied in the world. And then three, the number of documents, the fact that we can trust 
a fake poem Beowulf from one document, but we're not willing to trust and learn from an older document that has over 30,000 manuscripts backing it up. That should really prove to you that there's something else going on in the world if we, if we trust one but not the other. There is a spiritual battle in this world. There is such a thing as good versus evil. And if you want to be on the side of good, maybe you should read the Bible. That's all I got for today, but I appreciate you guys listening, and I would like you to email me if you have any comments or questions or you want me to get more in-depth on some of these topics. My email is angrypatriot42 at yahoo.com. That's angrypatriot, the number 42, at yahoo.com. I hope to hear from some of you, and have a great week.